We have uh, talked a little bit lately about uh, justification. We are, of course, justified by God's grace through faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The moment we believe and apply the gospel to ourselves, the gospel that Christ died for our sins, was buried and raised from the dead, the moment we believe it, we are permanently sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are born again. God's own Holy Spirit is the guarantee, the promise, uh, that what God has started in us, God will finish. We learned in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, that since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. And to me, that is just a, 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 an incredibly profound truth. We have peace with God, a permanent peace. We were formerly enemies of God because of sin. But now, even the record of our debt has been nailed to the cross. And we have the righteousness of Christ. We have been reconciled to God. We have peace with God. Well, here's a little bit of uh, logic for you. When we were enemies of God because of sin, we were at peace with the world. Now that we are at peace with God, we are enemies of the world. In the Bible, world is uh, from the Greek word cosmos. It's like cosmos, but with a K. And uh, it's translated world uh, in English, but just like our words, it can mean different things, which causes us some confusion. And that's what I want to uh, clear up or muddy up. I suppose that depends how much you think you already know uh, uh, in the Bible. There are at least three things that the word world can mean in the Bible. One, of course, is the physical planet, uh, the earth. Uh, it, it, God created the earth. It is the physical place that we live. It is a world. It can also mean the world of mankind, the world of people. Sometimes it talks about the world of lost people, but the world of mankind in general is the second way that this word is used. The third way that it is used is to talk about the corrupt world system. The corrupt world system. Jesus told us that we would have tribulation in the world. He talked about being hated by the world. Well, he wasn't talking about the planet, was he? I mean, the planet doesn't hate us, uh, in spite of what some planet worshipers might think. The planet doesn't hate us. Jesus isn't hated by the whole world of men, but he is hated by the corrupt world system. And that's because that system is ruled by Satan. Is ruled by Satan. That's why we still have tribulation in the world. That's also uh, why it says in uh, 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at this uh, section a few times today. In 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 15, we are instructed do not love the world 
or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. How many of you have at least been troubled at some time by that verse? <laughs> it's kind of a difficult verse, isn't it? Uh, some of us have probably been uh, uh, beat up by a, a preacher somewhere or other saying, uh, Son, if you don't give me all your worldly possessions, you is loving the world. <laughs> and the love of the Father is not in you. When you hear somebody say that on TV, just turn the channel. <clears throat> because that's not what that's talking about. It's not talking about the planet, the physical world, because, of course, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God created the earth. It belongs to Him. And He gave it to us. That verse is also not talking about the world of mankind because it is for that world, for people, that God gave His only Son. We all know that verse, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Did Christ die to save the physical planet? No. In fact, He's going to make a new one. How many of you know that Jesus is going to make a new one? It's going to be a glorious place. He didn't die to save the planet. He died to save people. Uh, that is, uh, in Scripture, the world of people. For God so loved the world. So when God tells us, do not love the world, He's talking about the corrupt world system. Uh, it is corrupt because it is ruled by Satan. And by the way, Satan is an actual created being. He was good when he was created, uh, but he fell because of pride. He wanted to be worshipped uh, like God. Satan is not just a metaphor for general evil. He is a real uh, malevolent being. Jesus said in John 12, 31, Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And of course he's talking about the devil. In John 14, Jesus said, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. In John 16, Jesus said, the ruler of this world is judged. Okay, well that's a, a pretty lengthy explanation of this world co word cosmos, the, the world. But you see, if you don't understand it, you're going to be at least a little bit uncomfortable with that verse that says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now it makes sense to say that peace with God means enmity with the world, doesn't it? We were of the world. We are no longer of the world. Now we are of God. We're at enmity with the world because this world, this corrupt world system, is the domain of Satan. It is the domain of darkness into which we each need to shine uh, our little lights. That system is opposed to God. At justification, uh, Colossians uh, 1, 
13 and 14 says, uh, God has delivered us from that domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So why do we still have trouble uh, with the world? Because Jesus said, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. In John 17, Jesus prayed to God saying, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. But we still have trouble because Jesus also said to Father God, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep the uh, evil one uh, from them. So here's the question. Why did Jesus save us out of that world, out of the domain of darkness, and then leave us in the world to which we no longer belong? And the answer, of course, is because he uses us to reach the next person that he is going to save. Question, why does that cause trouble? Answer, because when spiritually lost human beings have their dark deeds exposed by the holy light of Christ, they either rebel against the light or surrender to the light. And the ones who rebel are not happy that we shined the light of Christ on them. If you would, please open your Bibles to John chapter 3. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3. You've all heard the good news that starts in verse 16 there. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That is, God loved the world of mankind so much that he sent his Son into Satan's domain, the corrupt world system, to save people. John 3.18 goes on to say, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, the light, that is Jesus, has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So those who are justified by God's grace through the gift of faith do what is true. We come into the light. The Bible makes a very stark contrast between spiritual darkness and spiritual light. Before we were justified, we didn't even notice because we loved 
the darkness. I know we don't feel that way, but it is the biblical truth. You've all heard of the Greek word agape, which means love. Some say that it's God's love, but that's not quite right. Uh, in John 3.16, God agapeoed the world. But in verse 19, guess what? People agapeoed the darkness. Lost people love the darkness with the same intensity, with the same totality that God loves people. That's why we have to be not only declared righteous in Christ, but also changed. We must be changed. We must be born again. All right, everybody okay so far? All right, all right. Can I get a flashlight? No? Y'all, y'all, uh, oh, there we are, there we are. Uh, am I showing my age? <laughs> so why is this important? Listen, it's important because we who have been changed by God, who have been justified by God, who have been declared righteous in Christ, we need to learn to love what the Lord loves and hate what the Lord hates. The Lord loves people, the world of people, enough to give up his rightful place in heaven, become a human being, so that he could die for it. We need to love people enough to risk all. To, as was so profoundly put by one of the youngsters here, to tell people about Jesus. More specifically, to tell them about sin and hell and Jesus and heaven. And as Jesus loves us sacrificially, so we need to love people the same way. What are you prepared to risk to tell someone about the love of Christ? So we need to love what the Lord loves. Jesus loves people, but Jesus hates the world system of Satan. He has already judged it, by the way, and will ultimately destroy it. And he will replace it with his world system. That's what the millennial reign of Christ is all about. That's what uh, the angel said to Mary. That's what the angel meant when he said uh, uh, that the government will be upon his shoulders. Jesus is going to make all things right. He hates the world system. He's going to replace it. We need to hate the world system enough to stand up for what is holy and good and right in spite of uh, the consequences. God loves the planet. He made it. And He gave it to us to subdue and enjoy. And so we need to love the planet too. Not by worshiping it, but by being true conservationists. Which is a movement, by the way, that was started by God's people long before it was politicized. Did you know that? The first real conservationists were God's people. Uh, who's been to Israel? Anyone? Yes, I know you were, dear. I was there. With you. Anyone else? If you go to Israel these days, you know there is a wall 
a security fence, really, and it's very tall, and you have to go through this fence to, to get from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. And there's a very interesting thing, you know, I'm talking about conservationists. On the Jewish side of that security fence, I'm telling you, everything is spotless, it is clean, it is beautiful, and as soon as you go through that fence and turn around and look the other way, it is covered with graffiti, there's trash in the streets, the apartment buildings up on some of those hills, uh, the people just throw their trash bags out and let them roll down the hill. Some of the hills look like they're blue with garbage bags. God's people are true conservationists, just saying. Anyway, we need to use but not abuse what God gave us, right? It's not a difficult thing. Uh, but here's a news flash for some people. We should enjoy the good things that God has provided for us, you ready, without feeling guilty. How about that? I know that uh, in some of the church world, <laughs> things are taught differently. You know, in the United States, we are blessed with God's bounty because this nation is the only nation on earth other than Israel which was founded on the principles of God's Word by God's people, including those Mayflower Congregationalists. So enjoy it. But don't forget to share what you have, and don't let your enjoyment turn into idolatry. By the way, money, you ready? Money is not the root of all evil as 1 Timothy 6.10 is so popularly misquoted, the verse actually says, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this, listen, craving, remember that word, it's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And Hebrews 13.5 says, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have for he has said I will never leave you nor forsake you in other words God provides and God's provision is generous he's not stingy so don't feel guilty about it enjoy it but don't worship the stuff worship God who provided it Okay, so then, what are the characteristics of this world system that 1 John 2.15 says we are not supposed to love? Let's go look at it very quickly. 1 John chapter 2, this is John's first epistle. Uh, it, it's, it's way in the end of the book. It goes John, 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 Jude, Revelation. All the T's are together too. Did you know that? God did that just for me. In 1 John chapter 2, and beginning in verse 15 again, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The next verse explains what that means and why that is. It says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away 
along with his desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. What was that word I told you to remember? Somebody craving. Hallelujah. Were you the one in school going, ooh, 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 ooh? <clears throat> no? Okay. Well, some of us, uh, you know, catch on a little more slowly. You know, I'm a... So remember that word, craving? Listen to how the New Living Translation puts verse 16. I think this is, captures it really well. It says, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And that is, again, this world system. The world that is opposed to God, that is ruled by Satan, tempts us to crave all of those things, physical pleasure, everything that we see, and it tempts us to take pride in our achievements and possessions as if those things did not come from God. That's what it means to love the world. So by all means... Love the planet that God created. Enjoy it. Take care of it, but don't worship it. Love the people who God created. Don't applaud their sin. Rather, tell them about Jesus. That's love. But hate the world system that Satan created and help God to rescue the perishing out of it. So here's our lesson, very simple. We need to learn to love what Jesus loves and hate what Jesus hates. Or, as is so often said, we need to love the sinner but hate the sin. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your clarity. We thank you for all of these illustrations of darkness and light. And we thank you, Father, for sending your light, Jesus Christ, into the world that we might see. Father, we are so very, very grateful. And I pray that you will help each one of us not only to live for Jesus, to love like Jesus, but to shine our little lights everywhere we go. And I pray it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.